This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by the Sports Information Director at the College of Idaho, Danny Campbell. For over the past 25 years, Danny has worked in the sports information departments at all three divisions of the NCAA, the NAIA, and the NJCAA. In this episode, he discusses why being a strong writer is important in SID work, how networking and relationships drive his love for the profession, and an interesting story of working as an intern at Indiana University the day Coach Bobby Knight was fired. You can find out more about Danny on Twitter, at Danny Campbell. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, joining us today on the podcast is Danny Campbell. Danny is the SID at the College of Idaho, uh, but he's worked at a bunch of different levels, which is why I'm excited to have him on the podcast today. Uh, Danny, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. I look forward to this conversation. Well, we've known each other for for a few years, going back to the old SCA chats on, on Twitter with the small college administration chats. So that's where we first introduced. But over the past decade, you've had a couple of different stops, not, and that's not even including what you've done before we met back in whatever, 2012, 2013. So just give us a little bit about your background, maybe how you got started out of college and, and what you're doing today. I tell everybody I'm a displaced Midwesterner living here in suburbs of Boise, Idaho. I'm a graduate of Columbus State Community College where they have a sports management program, one of the first in the country. To, but, you know, pretty much showed up on college campus saying this is what I wanted to do with sports information. And it's taken me, like you said, the old realms of college athletics from the junior college ranks all the way up to the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia. So I've been very fortunate to cross paths with not only student athletes, coaches or administrators, but just sport throughout the country or throughout the industry. So, you know, going from the junior college ranks opened the door for me to get a four-year degree at the University of Toledo, which is nearby you guys there. So, you know, your athletic director, she was one of my first press releases at Toledo was writing about her going into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, obviously, you know, that opened the door once I got my education at Toledo to start my career at the Naval Academy. And, you know, then from there, I went to work at Indiana University there in Bloomington. Worked, And then when Coach Knight got let go, that kind of opened the door to say, hey, do I really want to do this? You know, do I want to have a media that contacts me 24-7? But then on the flip side, I had a, a great student support staff. One of my former students is now the vice president of communications for the Chicago Bears. So, you know, saw that, hey, it's an opportunity to mentor, but also do something I love. So after Indiana, I did a little, some assistant work at Indiana State there in Terre Haute, Florida International at Miami. And then somehow some people thought I could become a director in this level. So have now been a director at five different institutions, including Texas A&M Commerce, Wisconsin Platteville, Laterno University, and Pacific University. And then in February of this year, I, for 24 hours or a brief stint, was the assistant director of athletic communications here at College of Idaho, and then was asked to ascend to the director level. So, and then in between that, I've been a part of multiple national championships on the NCAA, and then now here at College of Idaho, it's an NAIA school. So it's, you know, pretty much like you said, gives me the coal, sport gamut responsibility i like i said with the olympics to the junior college anything and everything in between with sport responsibilities to media coverage to student athletes it's it's a very passion-based industry a passion of myself 
I think you find that a lot with SIDs and, and that's the word I would go back to is passion. Uh, most of them that I've encountered, you know, they're on the bus on road trips. They're the first ones in, they're the last ones out. They certainly have a passion. So uh, a couple things. First, congratulations on the promotion. That was pretty quick. Uh, but, but second, I don't want to gloss over a story because I was a student at IU when Coach Knight got fired. So I've got to ask with you being in the athletic department, what was that like from the sports information side? Well, I kind of was on both sides of it. I had student athletes, but I also had coaches and administrators I was working alongside. Like I said, it was a position, a, a change, not only in leadership of the men's basketball program, but it also opened the door for me to learn crisis communication. You know, Heather Danish, a predominant ESPN.com college football writer, was one of our student writers. And how do you, you know, but the thing is, I learned through, and my lifelong mentor, who still to this hour is one of my mentors, the director of athletic communications, it, the student media is media and building those relationships and building that trust and developing those skills. But like I said, when I was talking about Indiana, I had great student assistants that were three years younger than me trying to grind their teeth in this profession. So I learned a lot about what I felt like, you know, sports information, we don't have a scoreboard. We don't, we don't win ball games. We don't lose ball games, but we have a role. And I thought really learned about that, you know, that accountability, that responsibility, that goal setting, those soft skills that transcend for the last 20 plus years of this profession have been very important to me. So that's what I learned the most through the IU experience. And the funny thing, you know, the ironic thing is it's still those student athletes now, 20 years later, I'm still keeping in contact with if it's Dane Fife, who was an assistant for coach, you know, coach Woodson here recently, Mike Roberts, who's, who was one of our freshman players, you know, taking him along the ropes of showing them how to talk to the media. Well, now Mike's the associate head coach at the university of Cincinnati. You know, I'm probably one of the few that will ever call him by his middle name because that's how I know him. I don't know him by his Mike Roberts. I know him by his middle name and I won't share it here on publicly because I'll let, I don't, he may listen to this and might not be the most positive thing he wants to hear. <laughs> things like that but it's those relationships that you know I tell people I I, have, I keep up my relationships of people from the Indiana days to now you know that's how I spend part of my relationship and keeping that trust factor that communication and utilizing those same soft skills that hey I'm yeah I remember winning basketball games on a last second shot or something like that but I'm not going to remember their lifetime batting average it's that relationship part of the job. And I think relationships are, relationships are a huge thing when we're talking about people who are working athletics, especially in, in um, intercollegiate or, or interscholastic athletics, just watching those students kind of grow up and, and go on and be successful themselves. So uh, you talked a little bit about what you learned in that IU experience with some of those responsibilities and um, just learning how to handle crisis communications, mentoring other students. So now 20 years later, as you've been in the role for a while, what's the day-to-day -day responsibilities as an SID? If someone would come, to, come and ask you, hey, what do you do on a daily basis? What would you tell them? I would tell them that every day is different. You have different responsibilities that come at you each and every day. You know, I'm very fortunate here at the College of Idaho. I have a, a rock star is the best term I can come up with in this just a short time. A rock star athletic director who pretty much says, Danny, you're our director of athletic communications. You dictate what you feel like needs to be done. So I don't feel like this is one of the great things about being in this industry is no day is the same. You know, my yep. day started with social media catch up with people. You know, congratulating my student athletes on graduating college. You know, they think, oh, I'm no more sporting events. There's no more games to cover. Well, 
No, I tell people, our student athletes that I'm involved with them from a 360, 360 standpoint, what they do on the participation service. So it was important to put out congratulations on a social media post or update a graphic is what I did this morning. And then telling a student athlete, congratulations on getting engaged. Hey, I may not, but the thing is that allows me to track them or follow them in their life journey. Because if they move on into the coaching profession or, hey, this young lady's a physical therapist. So if I ever have a student athlete that comes to me and says, hey, Danny, I want to get into physical therapy, I can connect her with Jillian and say, hey, I may have been her basketball SID for one year and forging that relationship. And just like how my athletic director came into my office this morning to, for our, you know, our semi-frequent conversations and said, hey, Danny, here's somebody I was thinking about for a broadcasting position. Can you reach out to them? Okay. And then this afternoon, I'll work on something else with another sport. But the thing is, tomorrow when I wake up, it's my to-do list, but it's not like every Tuesday I have to do this at 8 o'clock, and every mm -hmm. Tuesday at 10 o'clock I'm doing this. I have to have flexibility in my schedule. I'm responding to a social media post about some media interested in our football program. Well, I have no clue who this person is, so where do I you know, draw a common ground? Things like that, I think that's what makes this an exciting profession, but also rewarding, is that you can kind of do things, you know, it's not like you're going to work and doing the same thing in a factory or a warehouse. You have that flexibility to do what you enjoy or what I enjoy doing is also those small things, but also I'm fortunate here at the College of Idaho to have an assistant so I can delegate things too. Like, hey, I have an assistant who's 18 months into the profession. I can let him work with our national you know, championship caliber softball program at the national tournament, even though I've been working with him for three months, he can pick up right where I've left off. I can entrust him with certain responsibilities. And it's interesting, the SID role, because I, I have to imagine it's involved over the past 30 years, kind of going from just kind of really kind of dealing with the media to now um, so much digital media as far as social media goes and, and streaming and everything that goes along with that, not just newspaper, but, you know, even blog sites wanting to come and get credentials now. So how, how do you see the SID role fitting in the athletic department? How essential is it um, to an athletic department to have a, a really strong sports information department? I think you have to be a byproduct, uh, like, and, you know, a liaison, you know, knowing that, hey, maybe sometime we have to design something or do something visual rather than write something, you know, evolve that way. Like, I'm a byproduct of getting up at six o'clock in the morning to beat my brother to the front porch to grab the newspaper and reading a box score. Well, yeah. Nowadays, if that box score is not on the website, and like I was trying to follow the NCAA softball over the weekend, if I'm not finding live stats to follow the game, I'm missing out on it, you know, or I can then five seconds later, okay, I didn't see it on TV. Next thing, let's grab my, my cell phone. Let me look at it this way. So understanding that liaison relationship, you know, I, I still know how to keep stats on paper like I did baseball over the weekend. I, have, I don't have a stat program for that per se, you know, I can utilize that same platform or utilizing those same resources. So you have to understand that, you know, the 21st century ways are just as effective as the 20th century and how those processes come together. And like I go back to that liaison portion, you know, some people want pen and paper. <laughs> some people want to see something visually, things like that, understanding that liaison relationship. And I think our profession is evolving, you know, we have a whole generation now that has grown up in front of a computer instead of a newspaper like I did or you did, things like that. So how do we satisfy a newspaper writer with information? Like, because, hey, how are they selling a newspaper that's going to have information that everybody knew at five o'clock when it comes out at six in the morning? Things like that. 
Like that's why this past weekend working this baseball championship, seeing reporters like, okay, they've got to write a story that's immediately on their website, you know, or they need a video, like I provided them a video element. They wanted that video element right away because they, they're losing viewers. They wanted that dog pile with the team winning the championship. You know, if I wait and hold on to that till tomorrow morning, well, seven other people are going to beat me to it, or we've lost that media, that exposure. Like if you would minimize my windows on my computer, that's why I have ESPN open because I want to know current events or new events because, Hey, something could happen with major college sports that affects us here at college of Idaho. And I'm going to be asked by, you know, the media about it. I could be asked by a coach by it, things like that. Understanding that that's that liaison relationship. That's important for us to have in this profession. So do you think the roles becoming a little bit more specialized or do you have to kind of be a jack of all trades? I feel like you're always in this profession going to have to be a jack of all trades. You can't, especially on the non power five or whatever level, you know, you don't have, you can't specialize in just one thing and think that's going to pave the way for your career because you're like, I tell people my first job in college was doing the stats for the basketball team. By the time I left, my first, then it opened doors for me because I learned how to do websites. I, student athletes are the ones that have put me on social media. Like they, they're the ones that are teaching me TikTok and you know Snapchat or whatever it might be. But see, I have to be comfortable to grow or jack of all trades because if I just say I can only do writing, that's only going to help me so far. I have to be able to be flexible, but also be comfortable enough that hey, I got to be able to write this, or I need I need to know how to tweet this out, or I don't know what to say for TikTok. I, do you dance this <laughs> off or do you video this off? And the thing is, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, yeah, I can write about lacrosse. Now, ask me to make a lacrosse video. Well, I'm going to be watching somebody else's video and be like, okay, how do I replicate that? Okay, well, they've got $4,000 camera. Well, my budget doesn't cover a $4,000 camera. Can we do it with my iPhone that's been broken, damaged, thrown across the screen, things like that? Or can I empower or delegate? Like, hey, maybe my campus partner. Like I said, I just look at it from like that Swiss Army knife or that, you know, jack of all trades kind of mindset. Like, but the thing is sometimes you can repurpose something or republish something and utilize it in that way. And that's where I'm trying to educate our incoming people to the profession is, hey, once you've wrote it, like look at, okay, you can write it for your website, but how about getting it back in that newspaper or calling up that television station? Or can you make your graphic good for social media? And can we use it for our website? Then can we use it for a marketing material? Things like that. I think that's part of the Swiss Army knife side of sports information. Have you found anything in your roles as an SID that's really gotten a lot of traction nowadays? Like you talked about, I mean, growing up, I was the same way. I used to cut out box scores from Chicago Cubs games and, and hold on to them just because I was a huge fan. And that's how I had to catch up when the game wasn't on um, streaming that I could see today. You know, I think social media is a big thing. If you're not on social media, don't do it well, you're kind of missing out. But is there anything you found that, you know, if you would go to any new department today as a magic bullet that you would say, we absolutely absolutely have to do this. And if not, we are not staying up with the times and, and we're going to lose people. I think the most, I go back to that idea about being able to write, because I think that's how people would, are going to understand your message. With Twitter having character limits and things like that, I think we, different things like that, people have lost sight of the importance of being able to have an effective written communication, because if you don't write it well, you're, you're losing your interpretation or your value to your message, because then you're when you leave out a word or you misspell something, 
you're destroying your message or something like that. I think that it goes back to having that solid foundation of writing is most important. And then everything else after that, because for example, in my role, I do, you know, writing quite a bit, but my writing is only seen in one medium, which mm -hmm. is our website. But it, if I don't write that well, then someone could, you know, my media is not going to follow it or a potential donor, student athlete, coach, whatever that destroys that message. So that's why I say it comes back being able to be able to write that message. Well, I love that message as a professor who assigns a lot of papers, you know, that's scratching me where I itch and, and certainly knowing how to write for, for different forms or, or different mediums, I know it's got to be important. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's kind of those hard skills of being an SID. Um, but maybe talk a little bit about the soft skills as well. You kind of alluded to it earlier when you were talking about a liaison, but I imagine like having good relationships with your coaches, with the AD, um, I think with the SID, probably along different silos just on being being on campus and being able to get along with different people. Um, how important is that in your role? Yeah, I, I've been, like I said, I talk, go back to having great mentors that taught me this. It's having that open door. Mm -hmm. You know, my boss is both at the Naval Academy in Indiana, both were instrumental in having open door philosophies. And, you know, you're working with, you know, high profile coaches and student athletes and feeling like, okay, if my door is closed off or I don't have an, open line of communication to them that could that just doesn't really harness a good relationship you know because if you're not understanding like like i feel like you're like that advisor to them like i tell my coaches i'm going to beg borrow and steal <laughs> ideas and concepts but i also want to i look at my role as the communication person for them for the department or their team or something like that so if it's a communication piece if it's social media posts or if it's a visual media what am I doing to help you and your program succeed? Because I'm not, like I said just a few minutes ago, I'm not going to have a win on the scoreboard, but is that going to help you bring in the next XYZ student athlete? Or we have to recruit assistant coaches too, or coaches or donors or whatever it might be. So I need to have that liaison relationship. And it's interesting that as I've evolved in this profession, it's those coaches that understood that, hey, I'll, you know, let's go have lunch or breaking down those, like you said about silos. I, I don't feel like there should be one. You know, we want, we need to come together. You know, I talk a lot in my professional life about communicating and collaborate. Hey, maybe you have an idea. That's that collaboration, but then it's my job to communicate. Like, how do I communicate that message out for them? We have all Americans earning honors or something like that. If I just, you know, let that accomplishment achieve itself, that's not helping the institution or their program. But then they're like, okay, do we need to do a video? Do we need to do a graphic? Nowadays with resources like websites and social media accounts, like, okay, what do you want to see in this and that product? And that's important as well. You know, we've got that saying in, in the AD world that athletics is a front porch to the institution. And, and I know you've heard that. Um, and I think the SID plays a big role in that, uh, of making things attractive, especially online or, or social media. Um, so maybe a little bit kind of related, I want to ask you about name, image, and likeness legislation, and maybe your role in that. So, you know, has your position changed at all now with, with NIL, or maybe a better question, what do you think your roles and responsibilities are now with name, image, and likeness, and maybe either helping athletes build their brand, or just to kind of 
help them out on this path where, you know, unfortunately there are some people out there who, who want to take advantage of student athletes or maybe not, might not advise them well. I tell everybody I'm a student of the profession. So I'm, I've not had a lot of direct impact by this, but mm-hmm. I, I go back to the philosophy that I think our athletes are brands. You know, you represent, like when I, when social media first came on to the industry in the early 2000s, you represent not only what it says on the front of your shirt, you represent sometimes what's on the back of your shirt. So I look at it from that standpoint, educating them on that portion. But, you know, my experiences with name, image, and likeness, like I said, I'm just, it hasn't really trickled down to impact me here in my day-to-day role with College of Idaho, but it also has had, I feel like it goes back to that idea of, I always treat my athletes like they are a brand. They represent College of Idaho baseball, College of Idaho lacrosse or softball, whatever it might be. But also having that lingering or long-term impact that, hey, this could affect your career. Or your, you know, Because most of the athletes I've worked with, I've worked with maybe three or four that have ever reached the pro ranks and their brand and their name, image, and likeness is what they've, how they've handled their sport responsibility. Like that's how people, like they do internet searches for prospective employees. It's the same kind of concept, I think, from a name, image, and likeness. But the, the challenge I see is that, you know, how do we continue that relationship portion of the industry? Because how do you tell that dealership that sponsors you for name, image, and likeness that could be a conflict of interest to your institutional relationships. And that's where I said, I think that's why I'm more of a student of the profession because that kind of stuff does not impact me here at College of Idaho. But it's interesting to see how, like that's how I will develop as a professional. Like that's what I'm doing to develop myself is reach out to the Indiana SIDs or the, you know, the, you know being from Iowa, the Iowa SID staff, you know, because I think they have to deal with it on a lot larger scale. But the thing is, I think the more as we've seen the NCAA asking the government to step in. It's interesting to see how that, that's the thing that really challenges me is because I'm at now an NAIA school, not an NCAA school. So we have different regulations in governing. Mm-hmm. So how's that? we just picked up at College of Idaho, we have a young man that's going to be coming from an NCAA institution to play football here. Well, does he, does that carry over? Does that, all those agreements do, because if, depending on how the agreement was worded, does it affect his participation institution? That's, like I said, that's where I have to educate myself because, hey, because it looks like, hey, is that sponsorship carry over when he comes here? And do, so do, now do I have to honor that he's sponsored by the local car dealership, for example, or whatever, you know, things like that. Well, that's where I need to learn. But that's the nice thing about the sports information community is, hey, we can all learn together in some aspects of that. And that's what I find fascinating about NIL. I had a, our, our last guest we had on is a lawyer and he called it the wild, wild west. And, you know, that may be an over, a little bit overwrought, but I don't think it's too far off because there's so many um, unintended consequences like that that haven't been thought through that you guys are learning on the fly. But maybe just to broaden that out a little bit more, you're right. Most athletes aren't going to get an NIL deal. And if they do, you know, at the NAIA level, it's going to be a little bit smaller. Maybe they can get some free Chipotle or, or something like that from the, the local restaurant. But um, you talked about helping athletes build their brand, their personal brand. You know, all of them are going to go on and they're going to get jobs and, um, you know, they're going to be interviewing and trying to get internships and things like that. 
if you could give a little bit of advice to any students that are listening to this, student athletes or not, what would be some advice that you would pass on on how to build their brand properly? Because it's really easy. You know, employers are checking social media uh, for students, and it's really easy to post something that uh, might not make you a really good candidate. Um, so is there anything that you've seen over your career that's like, you know, this would be a good way to position yourself? Well, and I think this goes back to, like I said, the personal branding that, and that's where I, and you, before you and I did this interview, I had done a presentation for your students about the whole idea of being sent. I think that's where now I've morphed it to get set to connect because I think that with set standing for S standing for strategic, having the short-term and long-term goals, but then E engaging, you know, how do you engage with your network, engage with your community if it's your if it's your professors, your coaches, your fellow student athletes, like we were talking before we started about, hey, my best friend from junior college, you know, has been, you know, someone that I've engaged with for the last 20 years. Like I'm still talking to people back in community college that I was with in 1994, sitting there with, you know, but that it's keeping those people engaged. And the last part of that being teamwork, you know, I talked earlier about communication and collaboration. It's understanding, okay, hey, that classmate or that teammate or that yes speaker could be a future employer. You know, going back to those, that S part, having those short-term, long-term roles, that teamwork, hey, maybe reaching out to that perfect, that guest speaker about, hey, what summer opportunities do you have? You know, like that's what I'm saying. I get emails every day about different opportunities and 99.9% .9 of them do not, are not something that catches my eye. But the thing is, if I had someone that would say, hey, Danny, do you know about opportunities to work in the, you know, the Indy 500 or the Indy Marathon or the Indianapolis Indians or the Colts or whatever? Well, here, here's some connection to that, that teamwork. And the thing is, like I tell them, I'm not going to get you the job. I'm just engaging or providing that teamwork. But then going back to, let's go back to having those short-term and long-term goals. What are your short-term goals? If it is a summer internship, so then you can become, you know, the director of marketing for the Indy 500. You know, how do you, what are you going to do this summer to become that and to reach that goal? You know, hey, maybe you may have to work on, hey, maybe it's the Speedway in Richmond or something, you know, another small track. You know, hey, being their, being their marketing intern for the summer will help you understand how to put together a marketing plan. So then, hey, as you grow in the industry, hey, I've done a marketing plan. That helps you achieve your short-term goal because you did the summer internship. Your long-term goal is to be that director of marketing, things like that. And then, hey, taking that teamwork, hey, who did you meet along the way? You know, hey, maybe that promoter will take your name and, hey, like, for example, a family friend of mine runs the Dover Speedway. Well, hey, he, I haven't met in person with him since 1983. I was seven years old but him and I still exchange Christmas cards and birthday greetings and things like that. And he's always asked me, Hey, Danny, do you know anybody that wants to get into racing? Cause we have a summer intern program. I've not, you know, if someone would ever reach out to me, I'd be like, yeah, talk to Mike <laughs> at Dover Speedway. It's not, Hey, you're promoting Dover Speedway, not the Indy 500, but maybe that opens that door and things like that. Or you can work on your local racetrack or your local college basketball team. You know, that's the nice thing is, Wherever I lived, I try to tell them, hey, what we're going to try to do here at College of Idaho in our athletic communications office is the same things our friends and opponents down the street at Boise State are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to try to produce these kind of quality videos or these kind of graphics. 
because I want you to be challenged to reach your short-term and long-term goals. And then we're gonna engage, you know, hey, yeah, maybe your graphics saw by four people. Well, you gotta start somewhere. You know, like you're not in those roles immediately. Like if I, when I went to Indiana, I was there as an intern. If, you know, by the time I left that internship, I had them, you know, ask, we were trying to work out an arrangement for me to stay there permanently because that was my goal. But the nice thing is it opened my doors to the opportunities to further things at Indiana State. And then obviously things like that and have, keeping those same goals, like that's what motivates me, which challenges me. Like now people are asking me, okay, now that I've been a director, what motivates you to be successful? And I think that's what I'm saying. I want to continue to give back to student athletes and coaches because not, maybe it is someone's goal to be the starting running back at College of Idaho football. Well, what's then now my goal is, okay, how do I help that kid be the starting running back? And maybe he wants to play in the NFL or, hey, I know about professional leagues over in Europe. But the thing is, I want to equip them and educate them that, hey, let's continue to look at your goals, continue to challenge yourself and teamwork and, you know, knowing your mentors, knowing your aspirations, that's going to make you successful. I completely agree with you. And it's so much fun to, to be on this side. You're on, on the athletic department side and, and on the faculty side now as well, just to um, agree with you here a little bit. I, I love now that I get to be a part of somebody's journey. You know, it was a ton of fun when I did it and there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of grind. And I think the same thing's true. You know, you want to be the SID at, at Michigan or Alabama, Notre Dame. I mean, like you said, you're not just going to come out of school and have that job. Um, but you start off small. You start off at NAIA or junior college and just work your way up. Um, but there's so many cool opportunities at those small schools as well to, to build your portfolio and, and tell some really interesting stories. So um, this next question, it's, it's kind of like asking which kid is your favorite, um, but is there any memory or two that sticks out in your mind, your career that was like, wow, this was amazing. I, I'm so glad I got to be a part of this. You know, like you said, you don't really, I don't, like I tell everybody, I don't keep a student, former student athlete hall of fame. Yeah. You know, I, I consider them all an extension of my family. And that leads me to, it's interesting you ask me this question because it's the day before my dad's, you know, would have been his 82nd birthday, you know, and obviously if you come into my office, I have a picture of him right here, prominent in my office. And that's what I, it kind of fuels my thought. And, you know, I get emotional talking about it and I have a little bit of tears in my eyes talking about it, but going back to in 2000, October, 2009, you know, my father passed away, you know, kind of somewhat suddenly, but unexpectedly. And when I came back to work at that job, you know, after he had passed, to have the outpouring of support from administrators all the way from the president of the university to the mayor of the town, to, the, you know, the student athletes and coaches, for them to rally, you know, like I, I leave, I try to leave every job better than I came into it, but to come into that job to know, hey, that's a family, that's a community, that loves Danny, doesn't love the sports information director because they don't need to know my title. They know Danny. And to knowing that, that I had that kind of impact on them, that's the best tribute to my father, his legacy, to who he is, to who I'm all about. You know, for the football team to, yeah, they could probably had a lot harder practice that day because we hadn't done too well that season. But for them, you know, coach to stop practicing, you know, because I like to go out to practice to check on my teams and be visible and knowing how they do the job, but for coach to stop the practice, you know, saying, hey, Danny's back and allowing me to address them 
you know, first team I see, the first team I see when I find out the news that he had passed to the second side, to first team I see when I get back to, to have that rally of support from those student athletes who went on that year to, you know, eventually win a conference title. But then a lot of those men have been, you know, like I tell them, Hey, I'm going to, I support you 360. I've been there. I've seen some of them graduate. I've seen some of them earn great careers, become great fathers, great individuals. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, that's why I tell people, like, that's why I, I want to promote that they graduated or, you know, provide that connection to them. Like that, that means a lot to me. And that's something that I'll never forget. You know, I, like I said, I carry that picture of my father in my office, but I was, when I think, look at that picture, that's what comes to mind. Is like I just had the graduation here at College of Idaho. I got here in February, but I had some student athletes that came into my life those first few days, and and seeing them walk across the stage, and then being able to say, you know, to one of the young man's parents, "Hey, thank you for the opportunity to work with you, your your son, for one month." You know, he had, he left an impact on me. You know, that's you know, you think, oh, the sports, he probably is going to remember his three pointer or his you know shot to win a game or whatever. No, this is the you know a young man that bought into who I am as a person, and you know I I look forward to you know keeping up with him and seeing him develop as a person and as a professional. That's what's going to carry me for the next twenty years of this profession. Things like that, and it's so hard I think for for young students to to understand that. But um, you know the the wins are great and the, and the memories of, of big great games are great when you're working in sport. But you're right; it's those relationships that really make this just kind of a unique industry. And, and it's big. I mean, you think about pro sports and minor league and rec sports and then college sport. You know, there's a lot of opportunities, but it's so doggone small. Uh, everybody kind of knows each other. And um, again, it's just you know, to your point, and, and I'm I'm kind of thinking about the the athletes that just graduated at, at Trine and. Um, the students that I got to spend time with, and then just looking on Facebook at some of my former athletes I coached and seeing them become moms and, and dads, you know, it, it just fills you with a lot of pride and you kind of, um, I don't know, you take more solace in that and, and you respect that and, and love that a lot more than you do kind of some of the big wins. Um, so my last question for you though, you know, as students, we have some at, at trying as in, in communication and sport management who really want to get into the SID role. Are there things that they need to be doing, skills that they need to require, a certain degree that they need to have? What do they need to do to land that job as, as an SID when they graduate? I would think the most overarching thing is just get involved. Be willing to be, like you said, the first one in the gym to the last one out. You know, if it means sweeping the floor, sweep the floor. Because you'd be surprised of what, you know, the people that have ascended to some of those roles or whatever. They, they all had to do something to get there. It's those small pieces, but also learn, taking a chance to learn something every day. You know, hey, re, if you see something in the newspaper or like, hey, be comfortable enough to, hey, who do I know at the Indiana Fever or Indiana University or whatever? But almost every, I don't think there's too many people that are, were born and being you know, the director of communications at Indiana University. Like I tell people, I am probably the, you know, not everyone born, is born and said, oh, they're going to be a sports information director. They've had to work every day to become that. And the thing is, they could take every class that's offered at Trine University. They could take every class that's offered at College of Idaho. 
but that's not going to get them to becoming the sports information director. It's not like you go to sports information director school. You know, you go to med school to become a doctor, but see the thing as a doctor, you, you have constantly different things every day, just like you do as a sports information director. So do something every day to get closer to that objective. You know, if it's doing a networking letter, listening to a podcast, you know, I have no problem anybody ever reaching out to me. Like that's one thing that I love about my job and my role in this industry is I have people that I only talk through text messages or through social media. But when I get a phone call that says, hey, XYZ got this job or got an A on a paper, that's a win for Danny or a win for this industry. And that's what I would say. Go for those small wins every day. You know, if you haven't won when you go to bed, try to win something. You know, if it's like I, my girlfriend gets mad because I like to read a lot before I go to bed. She goes, why are you doing that? Well, because I want to leave my mind the sharpest as, as I just as I did when I woke up. If it's reading about the latest e-newsletter on hiring trends or something like that, I've done something today to make my tomorrow better. And I would do that personally, but I also encourage you to do it, you know, just not only professionally, but also do it personally. Do something, one thing to make your tomorrow better. That's great advice. And, and if people did want to reach out to you, where could they find you, Dan? Well, you can find me through my, like I said, I have a little hashtag that I like to use called GetSet. So that's G-E-T-S-E-T. -E and then like recently, I've just added the words to it, to connect. So either way, or at Danny Campbell. My last name is spelled a little bit different. K's in kangaroo, A's in apple, M's in Mary, B's in boy, E-L. You know, you can reach me that way. You know, and obviously after that, you know, any kind, you can find me on Facebook or Twitter. And then, you know, we can always exchange a direct message to, and I can give you my phone number. And the thing is, you know, we can set up, if it's, you know, short-term conversations, long-term conversations, my thing is I just want to see people find success. And the thing is, like I said early on, I don't, I'm not keeping a scoreboard for anybody. I, I want my scoreboard to be making one thing or one person better today than they were yesterday. And if you go to our Twitter website, it's at Trine CSS. We will tag this podcast and you'll be able to uh, see uh, Danny's handle there. Uh, Danny, thanks so much for joining. Uh, great information and really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please check out our social media pages for our next guest in June. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes today. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you've liked what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS, and subscribe to our YouTube page by searching for Trine University Center for Sports Studies. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.